Good morning. It is a beautiful spring day, and today we celebrate Buddha's birthday and enlightenment with this lotus lantern. Lotus lantern is a symbolized uh, Buddha's enlightenment, symbol of purity. So lotus flower, living in the muddy water, but never tainted by mud. So when we look at the lantern of this lotus, we remind ourselves that we will become a lotus in the world, living in samsara, but not tainted by this samsaric influence. So who is a Buddha? Buddha's name was Siddhartha, and his last name is Gautama. He was born about 2,561 years ago in Lumbini, northern part of India, now is in Nepal. When he was 29 years old, he encountered aging, illness, and death. So think about it. Up until 29 years old, he didn't encounter aging, illness, and death because he was living in the palace and all luxury environment that when he was 29 years old, he learned about this human suffering. He was troubled by this human suffering because one day he will be aging, he will get ill, and will die. So he was very troubled and frustrated by this fact of human suffering. And when he was 29, he left the palace to find out why human suffering exists and how to solve this human suffering. So he spent six years with the teachers, at that time more Hindus, Brahmin uh, teachers, to meditate. And he couldn't get an answer. <coughs> so he left again to the uh, Bodhi tree and sat down <coughs> and had deep resolution that I will not get up until I solve the problem of human suffering. Spring day like today, lunar calendar, April 8th. Early in the morning, looking at the morning star, he got awakened. He experienced complete <coughs> enlightenment and solved the problem of human suffering. So the first teaching of Buddha after his enlightenment was for noble truth. If we learn and follow these four noble truths, we will, like him, to liberate ourselves from suffering and enjoy freedom of mind. So what are the four noble truths? First noble truth is about the truth of dukkha, what translates as suffering. Dukkha in Pali word means that intolerable. 
unsustainable, difficult to endure, and it also means imperfect, unsatisfying, and incapable of providing perfect happiness. Some people translate dukkha as stress. So we can experience dukkha all around us. If you look at the world news, within 10 minutes, you see the dukkha in the world, how vivid it is. So we all have this kind of experience in our lives. That's why we found the Dharma. That's why we practice it, to reduce distress, uneasiness, unsustainable or difficult endure all the situations so we can find ways to stop this dukkha, this suffering. So we have this frustration, problems, and suffering, dissatisfaction, and uneasiness in our daily lives. So whatever life we lead, we have this aspect of dukkha. But in human life, we not only have a dukkha, but we have a happy moment too. But this happiness we enjoy is not lasting. That is the problem. It's just transitory. Any pleasure we have is just temporary. It doesn't last long. So when we have plenty moment of this happiness and pleasure, any moment of this happiness doesn't last if you examine it and pay attention to it. So whatever good things we experience, happiness, those are temporary things going to end soon. So why? This is the true reality of life, true reality of a human world, true reality of a world because it's the truth of impermanence. So constant change, continual flux, is a true characteristic of the world. We have to understand this. This is the wisdom. And second noble truth is about the cause of suffering. So we all have uneasiness, difficulties, and frustrations and stress. But the, what are the cause of the suffering, the cause of the dukkha? Buddha found that the cause of all suffering and the root of all suffering and frustration is craving. Craving mind, greedy mind. Why craving is so important to understand and, and find ways to release it. If you want to catch a mon monkey, you can take a coconut and then make a hole and tie it into the tree and put in the sweet inside of a coconut. And because of a very sweet smell, monkey attracted to, and then put his hand to hold that sweetness. But this hole is just large enough to put his hand this way, 
But when he hold sweetness, the fish cannot come out of the coconut. So people catch monkey. So this much craving can put you in danger in the cause of suffering. So the reason we experience suffering is comes from our own mind. This is a really important discovery that every suffering, every problems we experience, look at your state of mind. So examining your inwardly, your own mind is critical. So according to Buddha, the main problem comes from craving or attachment, delusion, and anger and hatred, and ignorance. Here, ignorance means not reading books or learning academic subject matters, but ignorance here is a Buddha's teaching, not knowing Buddha's teaching. That is also a cause of suffering. So because of this delusion or attachment, anger and hatred, ignorance, we live our life in a way to cause suffering, cause problems and harmful things to ourselves and others. So in Buddhism, craving is the root of suffering. And whenever we suffer with a craving, we can remind ourselves how we came to this world. Did you bring anything when you came to this world? We all are born with empty-handed. When you leave, what can you bring with you? Nothing, right? So we will leave this world empty-handed. So craving, the remember of this empty-handed coming and empty-handed going. So the third noble truth is about the ending suffering. What a great positive news is that. There is a possibility to end suffering. So it is great to know there is a way out and great to know possibility of a liberation. And our Buddha nature is a very basic nature, is openness, and we can celebrate this basic nature that it's possible to end uneasiness, frustration, pain, and suffering. So the way to extinguish craving, the cause of a suffering, is to liberate us from attachment. The Buddha was a living example that this is possible in human life. So we all have the possibility. If we really reserve it today to end the suffering, to release your attachment, to let go of your craving. So nirvana is the end of suffering. Nirvana is possible for all of you to experience if you diligently practice and follow Buddha's teaching. 
So it, attaining nirvana means reaching enlightenment, means extinguishing three fires of a poison mind, delusion, greed, and anger or hatred. So nirvana is a state of mind that human can reach because we all have this nirvana within us as a potential Buddha nature in your heart and in your mind. If you keep practicing meditation, keep practicing mindfulness, if you keep practicing it, you often experience this state of nirvana, this state of Buddha nature and awakening moment. If someone who has attained enlightenment is filled with the compassion for all living beings. So it is possible for all of us to discover, to uncover, and restore it. So this is the most positive message of Buddhism. Although suffering is always present in human life, we can end this suffering and pain and enter nirvana. So now we know that the cause of suffering is not out there, somebody out there, but cause of suffering is within us, our state of mind. So if we can change our mind, we can change our life. We can change to the state of mind, then we can eliminate suffering. You can end the suffering. The reason we do act and cause ourselves and others harm is due to delusion. So our practice is to recognize delusion all the time. How can you recognize delusion? And you have something goes on in your mind, on and on. Same story, repeating, replaying, drama, all the Just to recognize it is a delusion. It's not real you. It may be coming from your memory or coming from your emotion or maybe from your expectation. But recognize this is delusion. That recognition comes from the practice, coming from your mindfulness and awareness. So when we cultivate wisdom, we recognize this delusion and let them go and transform it so we can end the suffering. When this process is complete, we can enjoy state of nirvana and free from suffering. So it's not that difficult, right, if you understand it. Just recognize any delusion you have at that moment Instead of spinning over and over again, you just stop, relax, and sit back and recognize this is delusion. It's not real you. When you are ill, you go to, to see doctor, and hopefully doctor knows the problem and give you a prescription, the medicine, and gives you advice. If you take a medicine, and if you follow the advice, you 
cure again, you feel better, and you get well again. So likewise, Buddha is a spiritual doctor, and Buddha prescribed the practice. Buddha prescribes the development of wisdom to end our suffering. So we need to understand the content of his prescription because we want to follow and we want to get well and we want to end the suffering. But we have to still follow the instruction, follow the teaching. If we don't follow, there will not be no effect. So that leads us to the last noble truth of the path of medicine. The four noble truths, the final, the fourth noble truth is the path, is the method, is the medicine to end suffering. So Buddha described it as a A for the path. How can you get enlightened? A for the path. A for the path is a means to enlightenment. So if we understand A for the path today and follow through every day and practice it, we can end the suffering, we can experience the enlightenment, and we can enter nirvana. So this is the medicine. This is the uh, method Buddha gave us today when he was enlightened. So Buddha's prescription for ending suffering is uh, eight principles. So first, a for the path is right understanding. Not right understanding about how to make a spaceship or how to make an iPhone. This right understanding about Buddha's teaching, right understanding of Dharma, and the right understanding of human life, right understanding of a true reality of a human world, true reality of who you are, and true reality of our world. Sometimes right understanding translates to the right view. So accepting Buddha's teaching and learn and understand correctly to end the suffering. If we can end the suffering by knowing Buddha's teaching, by understanding, by right understanding, we can do it, right? So very simple, important teaching is the truth of impermanence or truth of no self. There's no self to, to suffer. All this pain, struggle, frustration, unsatisfactory condition, all those things, because of our illusion, because of our delusion, it is not really the true reality. It is not real you. And second, our April path is a right intention, right thought. So intention is very important, right thought. Your thought is very important. So pay attention to each intention and each thought you have. 
This is commitment to cultivate right attitude to end the suffering. And third is right speech. First two is wisdom part, cultivating wisdom to end the suffering. Now engaging into lifestyle of speaking, communication, right speech, speaking truthfully, avoiding insult, gossip, or abusive speech. So practice right speech is Buddha's medicine to end suffering. And fourth is right action. Behave peacefully and harmoniously and practice precepts. So changing our lifestyle, we can end the suffering, the training in our lifestyle. And fifth, right livelihood. Avoiding making a living in a way that harms others, that cause harms others, such as abusing people or killing animals or trading in intoxicants or weapons. So avoid all these things which is harmful for humanity, harmful for the world, and harmful for life. And six is right effort. Cultivating positive state of mind is right effort. And releasing oneself from unwholesome state of mind and preventing them arising in the future. There is a right effort in Buddhist terminology. It's a little different from effort in, in normal sense of uh, English terminology. So right effort, not too much, not too little, always cultivating this positive state of mind. And seven is a right mindfulness. Try to be aware of your present moment, aware of your mind, aware of your breathing, aware of your posture, aware of your sensation, your feelings, your state of mind, to be here and now in the moment. So mindfulness always brings our attention to, to the present moment here and now. So when you have this mindful practice, mindfulness at the moment here and now, there's no room for suffering come in. So every moment you're here and now in the moment, be mindful of that state of mind. And eighth and final is the right concentration, which is meditation, really. To keep steady, calm, and attentive state of mind. So meditation helps us to do this. So these eightfold paths is a medicine to end your suffering. First of all, you need cognitively understand what is it. And you intuitively understand it. And then you experience it, you practice it in your mind and body. So this eightfold path is a way to reduce and eliminate suffering it's, we can group it into three. The first is wisdom coming from right thought and right understanding. 
And second group is ethical, compassionate conduct coming from right speech, right action, and right livelihood. It's changing our lifestyle. And, then, and third is um, meditation, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration to keep openness our Buddha nature. So meditation training is to hold on and sustain this concentration, this focus of openness of our Buddha nature. So just understanding these four noble truths. By knowing what Buddha discovered, this is the way to end our suffering. It can happen to anybody, anywhere, here and now, including you and me. It's possible. Buddha spent the rest of his life, 45 years, of teaching and elaborating this Four Noble Truths to his student. So if we practice meditation long enough, we experience that happiness of freedom. Worldly happiness we here and there experience are all temporary, but through practice of this Eightfold Path, if you consistently practice it and experience it and awaken your own true nature and Buddha nature, then you will experience happiness of freedom, real freedom. This is a permanent happiness. In this practice, you don't want to be anything different. In our world, in this consumer advertisement, always giving you signal that have a different things, have a new things. If you have a new things, if a new, new iPhone, new computer, new game, new video game, whatever it is, if it's new, if it's different, it's good. So you constantly find something different to satisfy your desire. But in Buddhism, in practicing it, meditation or mindfulness, we may do same thing over and over again every single day. Meditation, practice mindfulness, practice right speech, practice some right livelihood, practice right uh, intention, right understanding, right concentration. All this, we may do every single day, same thing over and over again, but increase happiness. This is happiness of freedom. We don't want to be anything different. So when you find Dharma, when you find a medicine, when you find a method and a path to reduce and end your own suffering, this is the one you just keep practicing it day and day out. So Buddha found the end of suffering. And that teaching, this Four Noble Truths, allow us we also experience the end of suffering. 
So the key to end the suffering is to remove greed, remove delusion, remove anger and hatred. Any moment you recognize it, just let it go and come back to your centeredness. So without this cause of suffering, we can experience absolute happiness, a permanent happiness, perfect wisdom and peace, all the quality of enlightenment. So in summary, Buddha taught us how to end suffering, how to end dukkha, and how to achieve happiness or freedom. So as a way to celebrate Buddha's birthday, let us cultivate wisdom to know who we are, to know this Buddha nature within all of us, and celebrate it, and be happy about it that I have this Buddha nature, knowing that it's joy. And second, let us uh, develop meditative concentration and maintain this Buddha nature to keep this beautiful, enlightened Buddha nature within all of us. And third, let us change our lifestyle to change dukkha in our life and to end suffering in our lives and in our world. Remember, you have that potential. You are this lotus flower in the world. So when people see you as a lotus flower, you're not only ending suffering life within and ending suffering in your life, but you have now wisdom and light to shine on others to reduce and suffering in the world.